Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me, Hushmo, driving the stream this evening. It's May Day. No, it's not May Day. May 2nd, yeah, 2020. You know, May Day was the... Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with my audacity. It's not... don't appear to be working, yeah. So I guess I'll just record this thing. Let's record it over here like this. But... uh Welcome to the Hashbow Black Forum. Yeah, May 1st is May Day. When I was a kid, I guess it's through elementary school, we used to always wear white uh, on May Day. I was trying to figure out. The other day, the uh, significance of uh, May Day. I, I, I can't... Uh, for the life of me, I can't uh turn this thing down a little bit, yeah. I can't uh it's not armistice armistice, that's November the eleventh. Uh what is now uh Well let's let's just uh check it out, uh see if we can find out something of what Mady was about, yeah. I'm I'm just on edification here. I'm trying to uh, get some knowledge, y'all. Oh, you never do overlearn. Not the hush, but I don't know what's going on, y'all. It's crazy. Megan is suing the British tabloids or something. Hey, you in the married a prince? What you want? You know you're gonna be in the spotlight, young lady. Worker unity in the age of let's see, is that what it is? May Day. May Day and why it is celebrated. Okay, let's see what it is. May Day in medieval and modern Europe holiday, May one for the celebration of the return to spring. The observance probably originated in ancient agricultural rituals. And the Greeks and Romans held such events. Yeah. International Workers' Day. Yeah, you know, uh, the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby. It's normally ran on the first Saturday of May, but because of this coronavirus, they put it off this year. Wow, how about that? We don't even get a chance to have the uh, the Kentucky Derby this year, y'all. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, 
the country is still closed down. States are slowly starting to open, open back up. Georgia jumped the gun, gun last week. Uh, it's still kind of slow. The husband's still staying at home, y'all. Yeah. Well, I'm out just to uh, pick up stuff from their drugstore and the like. But for the most part, well, I'm in that age. I'm in that group that's uh, susceptible to uh, not dealing with it well. <laughs> I think everybody could catch it equally, but uh, uh, on the other end of it, I might be a little more uh, at risk than uh, the normal person. Oh, not because I'm American or African descent now, because I, you know, I think it's mostly uh, poor folks who uh, is affected, and that that cuts across a large a large swath of uh, the African American community, no doubt. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. I do good, uh, uh, pretty good medical uh, care. Have been getting uh, good medical care uh, for a long, long time. So uh, I think, besides being a disabled veteran, <laughs> uh, my health is pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my health is pretty good. But, uh, yeah, for poor folks, black and white, um, this uh, coronavirus is not your friend. Uh, This thing is is deadly. I want to pass on my condolences and love to my brother Harvey's family. My brother Harvey passed away last week and uh, up in Ohio. I was not able to attend his funeral. It's one of the hardest things uh, I'd ever had to, that I that I've ever had to do was uh, skipping the, uh, his funeral. Um, just these crazy times uh, uh, wasn't uh, conducive uh, to uh, travel out of the state, and, uh, but I'm just. I'm still just brokenhearted about it, uh, the fact that I was not able to attend uh, and to his family. I just want to send my love, my prayers, and uh, I will see him uh, sometime later on in the summer. His church is going to have a uh, service for him, and uh, and the stuff died out somewhat. We'll be traveling up uh, to Ohio for that, and... uh, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Over one million affected uh, in the country, uh, pushing uh, uh, up on 70,000 dead. 
in about two and a half months, Joe. This thing is deadly. Uh, stay out the way. Wear your face covering when you go outside. Wash your hands. Um, yeah, wash your hands. And, uh, you know, just stay, uh, keep to yourself as much as possible. I know we all like to socialize and um, this has been a trying time for uh, people who really like to mix and mingle. But uh, right now, I don't see any other way to, they don't have any medicine for it. About the only thing uh, that's uh, that's uh, doing any good, that's the final thing is the, the social distancing and uh, things like that. And uh, that's the only thing that uh, seemed to be slowing the uh, spread of it. And you've got to do that until they come up with some kind of uh, remedy for it. I just pray, hope and pray that we can last until November, until we can get uh, some new uh, leadership at the federal level to... Uh, to uh, uh, ramp up a, a concerted federal response to it, but hell, it may be uh, uh, two hundred people, uh, two hundred thousand people did before the end. Yeah, this thing come back, and uh, Doctor Fauci assured us that it will come back, and maybe with a an vengeance uh, starting in the fall. We might have over 200,000 people dead by the time the election rolls around, y'all. I just pray that we can get there so we can get some new new leadership who will uh, 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 marshal the full weight of the uh, uh, federal government uh, uh, into uh, fighting this thing. Because right now, that's not happening, y'all. That is not happening. It's not even close. Something is wrong with this uh, a leader we got up there in the White House. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, uh, bash uh, uh, any one person uh, on my show until this thing is under co- <laughs> under control, y'all. But we need some new leadership uh, to uh, marshal uh, the power of the most powerless nation in the world, y'all. We got more people affected, more people dead than any country on earth, y'all. Damn near more than all the rest of them put together. (laughs) Hey, almost more than all of the other countries put together. And the president keeps talking about we've done more testing than all other countries put together. Hell, we got more people dead than all other countries put together. We should be doing uh, more testing, uh, uh, a lot more than what we're doing. We got more affected and more uh, dead than any country in the world. How can you uh, be uh, bragging about we're doing more testing than all the other people put together? Hell, we got more people, more dead people than all other countries put together. Come on. That's crazy. 
uh, they were walking around with their chest out uh, as if uh, uh, they're suffering to be uh, applauded. Uh, uh-uh. Ain't nobody did enough, y'all. Ain't nobody in this country done enough to accept the uh, doctors and nurses who's out there putting their life on the line every day trying to uh, 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 help the country through this madness. But as far as the government, uh-uh. as far as the federal response, it's been abysmal. To say the least, uh, nobody should be satisfied with our national leaders, y'all. Nobody. I don't care who it is. Uh, nobody should be satisfied with this uh, craziness that's going on. You know, I'm going to have to get rid of this. I'm going to have to get another audacity, y'all. Oh, this thing here is not working. This thing is pretty good. That thing been working pretty good for a while. That thing's been working for a pretty good while, yeah. I have to uh, see what's going on. I'm gonna have to see what's going on with it, cause uh. I don't know. Normally, it, uh, it's a pretty reliable uh, uh, recorder. I don't know. You know, some crazy stuff has been happening here. <clears throat> you know, the internet since uh, the country has been shut down is uh, the traffic over the internet has increased tremendously over the last two and a half months because people's been at home and, you know, don't have anything else to do but watch TV and play on the internet. Sure enough, that's, that's exactly what's been happening. That's exactly what's been happening, yeah. And we, uh, of course, when you get to when you get overloaded like that, uh, slows everything down. Y'all. It's just a fact. It slows everything down. I don't know. Mm. Oh, we're gonna do it now. We're we're gonna have to check that out after the after we get off the air. I don't know. The NFL's saying that they're uh, they're gonna. Have a full season. I don't know if they're going to have any people in the stand. I, for one, I will not. Uh, <laughs> well, 
Uh, to be honest, I wasn't uh, going to that many games anymore. I was a dedicated uh, season ticket holder uh, for the Falcons. Oh. For a better part of 20 years. I was a dedicated uh, used to love to go. I mean, now I for a lot of different reasons. When I retired, I was no longer able to, uh, well, I won't say I wasn't able to afford, but uh, money is a little different when you retire because you, uh, you <laughs> thrust into uh, set incomes and uh, <laughs> uh, I play golf. That's my uh, relaxation. So I guess I start making some hard, hard choices, you know. So, yeah. I have to start making some hard chart choices. Uh, Texas reopened uh, retail stores, restaurants, and malls. The death toll up 5% today. Wow. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. Uh, you know, people better take it easy. No doubt, this thing is causing an economic uh, uh, tsunami. But uh, you got to stop and ask yourself, what's more, what's more important? What's more important? Your uh, life. Or try to get up there and make a living, you know. I don't know. I, you know, it's just no. It's it's not close. The public health is is uh has got to come first in my mind. The public health has got to come first. That's um, no good if. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you out there putting your uh, life in harm's way. Uh, uh, you know, it's not isn't that close in my mind. A lot of people look at that different. I don't know about a lot. Some people look at that different. I, you know, that's power to them, but uh, I uh, what you talking about, lady? Oh, that's lady. She got some kind of, you know. That lady's mask is a little too crazy.
you know, I, I thought about saying, oh, they were in a crisis mode, and I think we are in a crisis mode right now. We have several different, we're a financial crisis mode. Uh, our patching facilities are in a crisis mode right now. Before the uh, COVID-19 started, we were probably running at 98% of a uh, packing capacity. Right now, our packing capacity has been uh, deflated to uh, 40%. Uh, we're 60% going right now, so we've lost 40% between shutdowns, as you've seen in the news, uh, or slow down idle operations. Uh, they're running wow. one shift out of two shifts because of the COVID-19 problems uh, across the country. So we're in desperation right now. We can't get our hogs to the market right now. And so we're, we're in a crisis mode right now. We can't get these things slaughtered. We're a little different in our operations across the hog industry right now where we started uh, our, our this, this operations of uh, birthing these animals 10 months ago, fathering these and parenting these animals 10 months ago. We just can't turn a light switch on. We can't dump milk. We can't, uh, you know, we have to go right away to moving these animals from a birthing facility into a nursing facility, into a finishing facility, into a packing facility. We move animals every day. So we have to make sure we have some place to go. So when we shut down these packing facilities, we have nowhere to go with these animals. So we're in desperation right now. We shut these packing facilities down to 60%. There's nowhere to go with these animals. So we're in desperation right now. So what do you do? I mean, you only have so much room. You can only accommodate so many animals. What are you doing? Well, unfortunately, there's people across the country euthanizing animals because there's nowhere to go with them. And, I think as an animal, we work very hard to raise these animals, and some people have to use the animals there's nowhere to go. Like you say, you can't turn a light switch on and off to stop production. We started this process 10 months ago, fathering the animals and, and parenting these animals, and it, uh, it takes three weeks, three months, three days to uh, birth an animal, and then it takes uh, five to six months to feed an animal out. And when they're ready to go to market, they have to go to market because they're things right behind them to go. So there's some people across the country that's actually euthanized big animals, babies, babies coming out of their mothers, and that's just not what I was raised to do. I, it's just it's a sad situation. That's perfectly good meat or something that uh, we have to euthanize. We have, unfortunately, in Ohio, have not had to do much of that at our farm. I think there's other. Uh, fellow uh, hog industry people that have to do that yet. It's just a very, very sad situation. We fortunately have three different sites we are going to, but as of last week, we lost our first uh, packing house to shut down for, they hope, for two weeks. Uh, we hope they'll be back up and going, but uh, we don't know. Uh, we only probably have two weeks to be shut down, and then we'll have to make a decision on what we're going to do. It's just uh, you can't, uh, we can't dump milk out in the field. We can't stop like in a, a, a beef situation where you leave them out on pasture a little longer or in a poultry situation if you have a broiler farm and you know you've got six weeks of a, a taste to raise a, a, a broiler chicken you cannot hatch eggs the next time. We're in a different situation. We have to move pigs every day to these because we birth pigs every day. We have to move them to the pack every day. So when you have 40%, uh, you have to do something to move pigs. Jim Hymerrell, it's a um, it's a tragic situation for you to the folks who have gotten sick and died working at the meat processing plants. Let's hope something happens to uh, get you folks back up and running in both locations soon. Thank you so much. For having yeah, me. I don't know. It, it is a tough situation. I was just trying to.
Trying to uh, uh, keep up with the stuff, y'all. It's, it's moving and changing so fast. But the meatpacking plants uh, 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 and stuff, that's a real tragedy. That's just behind the uh, nursing homes. You know, I've got relatives in nursing homes now, and I'm scared to death. I am scared to death for them. Once this thing gets us at the nursing facilities, this thing is spreading like wildfire, y'all. It is killing uh, uh, a large uh, percentage of those people in, in nursing homes are actually dying because most of them are uh, elderly folks with uh, all kind of underlying uh, conditions already. And uh, it's just a tough place. That's where uh, we need to, uh, if we had a federal government that was on top of their game, uh, they would be uh, all over the nursing homes. Uh, even the prisons, you know, the prisons is crazy. I was uh, I'm shocked that this one prison in Ohio, I think it was Marion, Ohio, uh, of the 1,400 uh, uh, inmates at this one facility, Damn near 78% of them was tested positive. You know, how is, that is mind-boggling to me. I mean, those people are in the closed quarters. They can't go nowhere. And uh, once they get inside that prison, and most of the time it's brought in there by people that work there, or a lot of the times it's brought in there by uh, uh, workers. And that thing is spread through the prison like crazy. Now, one thing about the prisons, uh, you know, most of that, the prison population are young folks and pretty strong young folks. So they probably, you know, I don't know uh, the percentage of them that are actually dying or succumbing to uh, this coronavirus, but, uh, you know, a, a large percentage, percentage of the prison inmates, I can see where they would uh, survive it. But, uh, you know, they're so uh, little known about this uh, particular virus, we don't know uh, uh, what uh, the after effects uh, uh, is going to be on, on a person who do survive it. Long-term after effects, we don't know. So just because you might uh, survive it, uh, we don't know uh, some of the side effects and after effects of this thing long-term. You know, we still, all that uh, still has to be uh, determined. Uh, so. I don't know, yeah. Uh, I just don't know. But, yeah, those are the places, the meatpacking places, the prisons, the nursing homes. We've got to, we've got to uh, concentrate. We've got to uh, move resources into those places, y'all, to try to nip this thing in the bud in those three places. Because, you know, it's just because, uh, you know, you may not be... Uh, a part of those uh, environments, uh, each of those places uh, ha- has the potential to uh, spread the virus throughout the general population. Oh, yeah. You can't you can't just keep it behind the prison wall or the nursing home wall or the meat factory walls because the workers, the, the prison inmates, they get out and they come back into society. And uh, 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this whole thing is crazy, yeah. I was on uh, a conference call with the NAACP. I think it was Tuesday, was it? Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those nights that they they do these uh, telephones, uh, teleconferencing calls. Now, once or twice a month, the NAACP do, and I'm on the list, so they just happened to catch me, and I sit in on it. Um, among the uh, participants was Amy Klomachar, uh, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, and uh, Governor uh, of New York, uh, uh, Como, Andrew Como. So, really interesting. Uh, and uh, they, had, they had some 25,000 people on the call. So, uh, you know, I put in a, I got in the queue to ask the question, but uh, <clears throat> of course I didn't, uh, I didn't make the uh, call because, you know, the thing only lasts maybe an hour, uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half, 90 minutes maybe, but still with 25,000 people participating and you got, like I said, four or five uh, uh Prominent people, uh, you know, uh, discussing the uh, the subject matter, which was, you know, the coronavirus and how it's impacting uh, the African American uh, community, and uh, you know, that's that's hard to get to get in. You know, next time I'll uh, try to get in uh, my question right away. Try to get a screener to uh, <laughs> call my number. I was gonna. Uh, uh, I posed my question to, of course, as I'm in the ATL, to Keisha uh, Lance Bottoms, because uh, one of the things here in Georgia, which is no fault of hers, or uh, you can lay it directly at the hands of uh, the Republican governors of this state, they have failed to expand Medicaid. They have failed to expand Medicaid here in Georgia. You know, as a result of that, it's left some 600,000 Georgians off of, uh, uh, without medic, uh, medical uh, uh, help, you know. And uh, because 600,000 Georgians don't have health care, one of the uh, negative effects of that is uh, some 9 to 15 rural hospitals in the state has been closed. They've closed down in rural Georgia, down around Albany and uh, places like that. They don't have uh, medical facilities uh, in uh, adequate uh, numbers to uh, deal with the uh, uh, pandemic like we're facing now. And that's why Albany, Georgia, you got, oh God, uh, just a horrific uh, situation with uh, this epidemic. Uh, I don't know, y'all. But, yeah, we need to, as citizens, uh, be present our elected officials, whoever they are, to expand uh, Medicaid so that uh, the poor and uh, vulnerable people will have access to uh, medical care. And one of the things Medicaid does for uh, poor people uh, is uh, provide uh, uh Annual physicals to detect uh, the hypertension, the uh, 
uh, asthma and, uh, you know, the uh, diabetes and things and, you know, start treating it at an early age so that, you know, uh, they'd be uh, in a better position to deal with uh, uh, stuff like this uh, coronavirus. Yeah, so I don't know, yeah. We need to push our elected officials to uh, expand Medicaid. Uh, that'll go a long ways uh, toward uh, helping uh, the disadvantaged uh, acquire uh, medical, uh, proper medical care. Uh, yeah. Hey, y'all. Uh, it's about uh, 7.35. We done ran through a break, y'all. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls, y'all. Somebody's on the line. We'll check them out in the background. Hey, y'all, uh, but we'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me, Hushbuck, driving this train this evening now. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushbuck Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hushbow Back Forum. We got a uh, got a call that want to come on and talk about uh, uh, the. He's got a point of view on uh, uh, this coronavirus and how how it affects our community. Let me bring him on. Yes, sir. You're live on the Hushbow Black Forum. Uh, uh, you were just saying, we were just talking in the background about uh, the effects of uh, this virus on uh, the uh, uh, African-American community and uh, whatnot. And you, what was your uh, take on it again? You're live here on the Hushbow Black Forum. Go ahead, uh, if you will, with your uh, comments. Oh, well, yeah. Well, my comment is this. It's- in American conversation, it's easier to always talk about black pathology. So things are presented from that standpoint where you say, oh, well, black folks need to make sure they take better care of their health and, and do this and that, when the reality is we're seeing the numbers we're seeing as far as, you know, being affected by corona based on the historical legacy of this country and the position that we're in. So us being in large cities, uh, the majority of our workers being on that essential worker line means you're going to rub you know, up against other people a lot more, and families are going to come in contact with something that can spread easily amongst those families. Like, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Like, this is the historical legacy of Jim Crow, slavery, black codes, you know, and every other <laughs> every other long list of grievances that, we, you know, we've ever had since we've been here all along. It's all baked into the cake of this. So when I see people come out and speak about this in a way to where they're kind of, uh, like wagging their finger at black folks saying, you know, what they need to do health-wise, this, that, and the third, I, I just blanch every time because I know it's like, dude, that's the second or third part of the conversation. The first part of the conversation is, is why black people are vulnerable. And then from then on, you can kind of understand it a little better when you're talking to folks about it. And, and like you said in the back room, when you talk about rural areas and Appalachia and some of these other, you know, impoverished white areas, they haven't seen the same spike, but they're going to see, you know, similar types of numbers of, of people being infected uh, because of uh, their generational, you know, lack of wealth, lack of, uh, you know, opportunity, and to be able to change their family generation, same type of issue. So it's an American problem at, at, at best. But it be, but it's being presented as a black irresponsibility problem, which I find troubling. Yeah, that is, and, and uh, I so uh, I must agree with you on that uh, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, poor white, poor blacks, they're in the same boat. I mean, it may not have gotten to the Appalachians and, and places like that yet, but it's on its way. It's on its way because yeah. uh, you can't just uh, uh, keep it out. But yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, uh, our problem is uh, systemically uh, economic, uh, economics uh, at the root of things here in this country. I mean, starting uh, some two or three hundred years ago, you know. But uh, anyway, I, I, I certainly appreciate you joining uh, the Hushbow Black Forum uh, this evening with your uh, perspective. And uh, tell a friend about us. We're out here every Saturday from 7 to 9 on Blog Talk Radio, y'all. Indeed. Uh, well, before I go, if I can, about Medicaid and the care for all, before I go, if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the other important aspect that has to be talked about. Like, this is not something we can continue to sweep under the rug. The majority of industrialized nations have some form of uh, government-based health care, not because people want to depend mm-hmm. on the government, but because you want to put your whole pool of citizens into the fray and say, okay, 
If you want to sell medicine or a policy or whatever to our citizens, then we'll be able to negotiate price with you and make it more affordable for people. And then that way, nobody's uh, uncovered. You get early detection of diseases, which means the treatment becomes better and you don't have that, you know, that, that bankruptcy scenario that we have now to where people are discovering late-stage diseases and, you know, those bills are and, piling on and piling on. So I, I, I salute absolutely. you for bringing up Medicare for All, man. It, it has to be talked about. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate your uh, intake uh, uh, for us this evening, sir. Come back again uh, to the Hushville Black Forum and uh, – but uh, with that, we're going to move on here and uh, uh, tell a friend about us, by the way, before you check out, okay? All right, will do, man. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, it's so important that we get out there and push uh, the expression of Medicaid, y'all, because it's so important uh, for all our citizens to have access to um, uh, uh preventative uh, type medicines, what the caller was talking about. We need uh, everybody getting a physical every year. Everybody in America, a country this rich, should uh, have access to a physical uh, every year to detect uh, the underlying uh, problems uh, uh, with their health uh, so that they can start uh, treatment at an early uh, uh, a point uh, of uh, whatever the uh, uh, illness may be. Uh, and uh, uh, part of that, not all of it, but part of it is uh, the expansion of Medicaid, which the Affordable Health Care Act uh, provided for. A lot of states, and uh, Republican-led states, by the way, refuse to expand Medicaid for their own citizens. That's neglect, yeah. That's neglecting uh, their uh, the well-being of their citizens. If the citizens of this country uh, woke up, whether they be Republican, Democrat, Independent, or whatever, they would demand that the state government expand uh, Medicaid for all. And it's crazy not to do uh, do it. I mean, that's a benefit to the citizens of the state and for the governor to set up and talking about they're not going to expand it and it's already paid for by the federal government for the most part is uh absolutely irresponsible and uh hey y'all we got a call in we don't take many calls out here but we open time and time uh call in number uh one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four that's a free call into the hushman black forum y'all we are, of course, discussing uh, the coronavirus and how, it, uh, how it's impacting uh, the African American community, and it's it's uh, and I contend that uh, it's as much about uh, economics as it is about anything else, y'all. When it comes to uh, underlying conditions and uh, the like, uh, it's a matter of uh, access to. Uh, health care access to health care uh, and uh, when are, uh, the governors of these uh, various states refuse to uh, expand Medicaid it's depriving the citizens of that state be they black white green or whatever uh, access 
to uh, affordable health care here in Georgia. Some 600,000 of uh, uh, Georgians uh, could be covered uh, through uh, the expansion of Medicaid, which provides yearly physicals which detect uh, early uh, undercurring uh, uh, ailments that can be treated uh, at an earlier age. Uh, that type of uh, situation uh, provides for a better outcome when a pandemic like this coronavirus uh, uh, fall upon us. Uh, so, yeah, everybody should be pushing uh, their uh, state uh, leaders to expand Medicaid. Uh, that's the Hushville Black uh, Forum take. That's my take. Hey, y'all. Uh, Welcome to the Hushville Black Forum. You know, our model is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Uh, welcome again to the Hushville Black Forum. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls, y'all. Try to get some bills paid. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
Hey, welcome back, y'all. The coronavirus on Americans of Africa, they said he's got to take on it. Go ahead, uh, sir. Well, yeah, and I'm tired of hearing these allegations that this was is, a, is designed to take out black people and that blacks don't have the facilities to be treated. And like I, t- I think I told you last week, I don't know, but in St. Louis, NPR reported a headline said 84% of the corona deaths in the city of St. Louis were black. Well, doing some research, blacks make uh, blacks make up 46% of the population in the city of St. Louis, and uh, that total comes out to about 157,000. And they went on to say in the article that of the 17 deaths, 14 was black. And since then, it has increased to like 38, and I think maybe 32 of them are black. In the city of St. Louis, where they make up 46% of the population, and that's 157,000 people. So that's not nothing. I mean, that's no alarming number. Then you got people saying that blacks don't have the ability to be treated. Where according to one source, there's 37. Excuse me, excuse me. Who who is saying all this stuff you're talking about? You saying those NPR are, uh, NPR article? Saying it? Who said it? It was an NPR article and it was dated April the 20 April the 16th. I mean, who, who's April, behind the article? Who, who, who's making all this? Because uh, people that's calling into the Hushmo Black Forum and the people that I uh, 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 interface with uh, is not of that uh, mindset that you're talking about. Well, it was on that. NPR. That's all the thing I can tell mm-hmm. you. And here's another okay. thing. According to another source, there's 37 low and free comprehensive health centers in the city of St. Louis. 37 where you can be treated for mm-hmm. free and you can be treated based on a sliding scale on your income. Treated for what? For whatever you ailing. You can go have your diabetes treated. You can have your <clears throat> high blood pressure treated. You can have a female problem. They'll work on that. It's a full-fledged comprehensive health clinic. A Murder Hillard Davis, the People's Health Clinic, and several others. And both of those people in Myrtle be, Hill are with blacks. Okay, well, that may be good information for people of uh, Missouri and St. Louis area. I don't know how that... Well, uh, and, and uh, you know the thing and, about and, it is that sh- people should look at what they're doing in Missouri and see what uh, mm-hmm. could be done there in your community. But to say that well, if people don't have these things, you can't be blaming the government on that. That's, that's your state and local concerns that's... Uh, working not to put those in place. Well, well that is the government. State, I, I, you know, I fought the uh, government here. I'm in talking Georgia, about federal government. Republican. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, the state government here in Georgia. I put the blame squarely at uh, their uh, uh, foot for not expanding Medicaid ten years ago, and it's been going. Now it, let me ask you a question left, on that. Hey, well, listen. Well, let me just tell you that has left mm-hmm. six hundred thousand Georgias. Black and white, mostly white, without health coverage. 
And it wasn't going to cost well, the state of Georgia one dime to expand Medicaid. It wasn't going to cost the state of Georgia one dime to expand Medicaid, like the state of Ohio did. That Republican governor up there expanded Medicaid, covering those citizens. Here in Georgia, the Republican governor has refused to do that. Well, but you know the thing about you, that expansion, uh, Hushmo, is that the federal government will be there with you in the beginning, but at some point in time, they would abandon you. Then all that is left upon the state to take care of. That's, and we've seen that in other that, areas. That, that, no, we haven't seen it. No, we haven't seen it come to that. Now, I've Ohio, seen it in Missouri. Ohio, Ohio expanded. Missouri ain't never expanded Medicaid. No, I've seen seen in Missouri, I said, I've seen in Missouri where the federal government was there in the onslaught, but they at some point in time had to say goodbye. We got to go. But we're just talking about the expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act is what what I'm discussing here. The Affordable Care Act is going to be gone. Yeah. What, what, what What that allows people to do is to get a physical every year to detect underlying uh, conditions uh, uh, that uh, provides for a better a- outcome when they have a pandemic like well, we got now. Why don't now, you? Go, why don't they put in these? Every year. Yeah, why don't they put in these clinics? Why don't they put those comprehensive clinics in? It's reduced. Somebody got to pay for it. Somebody got to pay for it. Well, pay for it. put the infrastructure. Put the infrastructure in. Then charge people <laughs> that can pay. Some people is invalid. They don't have to pay anything. Why don't we just expand Medicaid? You can do that's what, what whatever you want to. That's that's what I that's what I want to do in Georgia. Now, I ain't you can, talking about but, nobody but, else. I understand. But I'm saying Missouri, you want to make sure. That people can be treated and seen, right? I told you in St. Louis, they have 37 of these free and reduced clinics where people can go in and have teeth pulled. They can have the dentistry, like I said. They can have all these services done. Broken arms, broken legs fixed. Is that Mm -hmm. working for them? It's been there for uh, a long uh, time. I went to one for my dentist because... I went to one to have some dental work done because my dentist was closed on the weekend. Okay, so that's working for you up there. Yeah, you should. I so what I'm saying okay, is, if that's working, I, I applaud that. If yeah, working, I, I know. Good. You're not putting all this burden on the government. People that pay, they pay. Who, then those who, who can't is, pay, they are treated. Well, that's that's that's. That's society. That's everybody. I mean, you that's know, Medicaid even, you expansion. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to keep my money you know. in my pocket, uh, Hushmo. But anyway, I, well, and I, I agree with your governor for opening up the the, the state. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, it's nothing not but a virus. It, 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 it. Yeah, yeah, right. It's 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 not open, Mister Bianchi. It's open by in name only. You think people are going to be crowding in the uh, uh, freaking restaurants? Restaurants are as empty now as they was before we opened it up because people don't feel safe yet. You know, we're not. Well, I tell you where I'm here. I'm here down in Louisiana. uh I'm here in Louisiana, and you go into a Walmart. I say about seventy-five percent of the people don't have masks on. And you know what? I'm gonna be as far away. From, I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping as far away from those people as I can. I, I went to Walmart today. 
uh, uh, this morning, at 7 o'clock this morning, I was at Walmart. You know, they let them uh-huh. in uh, 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 one at a time or two or three at a time as they come out. But uh, if you don't have a mask on, I'm going to keep my distance. I, I got my mask on. And uh, mm-hmm. all that. Oh, that's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm trying to. That's I'm, good. You know, so I'm. If yeah. you want to keep your mask on, that's perfectly fine. For those who don't, I don't see nothing. Up. Now, if a if a uh, store well, just wants people to have you ain't got a, you ain't got a mask on, I think they uh, better ask people to have. But if people on beaches and stuff like that they won't wear no mask, they don't have to. Well, just don't. Oh, I'm I sorry. Won't, I won't be. No, I won't. You know, I won't be. A, I won't be around them, Mr. Bianchi. Hey, Mr. Bray, yeah, I gotta let you go. I appreciate your. Yeah, I gotta go and get to that other show. They interested in what I gotta say. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Have a great day here. Yeah. Be careful now. All right, you as well. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, we're talking about people with masks. I mean, I'm not leaving the house without mine. And, you know, you're not... I'm not going to be having a conversation with you uh, not face-to-face if you don't have one on. <laughs> you, you're you standing way back uh, from me if you don't have a face mask. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to uh, demand you have anything on. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, stay out your way. That's all. That's, that's a free country. Yeah, you don't want to wear a mask, that's all right. Just, uh, uh, we're going to be on, we're going to converse on uh, different sides of the street. And, you know, it's just the way it is. These are crazy times, y'all. These are crazy times, let me tell you. I don't know, but uh, we have had some pretty good conversations. Uh, like, I I urge everybody to join the NAACP, y'all. If y'all ain't paid your membership dues, join it. That organization needs your support. They do provide a, a service to, uh, a big advocacy service to uh Americans of African descent, especially, but yeah, I want you, hey, if they uh, advocate on our behalf, that helps the whole country, y'all, black or white. No doubt it does. Uh, same way this uh, expansion of Medicaid, you know, that's not just a black thing. It's not just a white thing. That's a, an American thing, yeah. Uh, the expansion of Medicaid, everybody should be uh, afford. Uh, makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It's an easy thing to do, and it uh, provides uh, so much uh, benefit. Uh, uh, the benefit way uh, outnumber the uh, uh, negatives. The positive way uh, far outweigh the negatives. Uh, with the expense of Medicaid. Uh, you look at it off the top, so, oh, yeah, it's just giving poor folks, uh, just giving something to those poor black folks over there. It's not, that's not the case, yeah. That is not the case. Hey, y'all, uh, welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. It's about, uh, ooh, boy, we're on another side of 8 o'clock. It was about five minutes after 8 here in ATL. Beautiful weekend. Uh, I've been working in the garden all day. I've been working in the garden. Hey, <laughs> did I tell y'all I'm a farmer? Hey, you got to do what you got to do, y'all. That's most farming. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to everything from watermelons to cotton, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we got any cotton pickers out there in the audience? I planted some watermelons today. The thing, you know, and I, I, to be honest, y'all, and I, uh, I'm kind of ashamed of my lack of knowledge, but watermelons are indigenous to uh, the motherland. They come from Africa, y'all. They were dragging slaves up out of that place two or three hundred years ago. Some of them had some watermelon seeds stuck up in their pockets. <laughs> When they got to this land, they, uh, uh, yeah, it's a African uh, fruit. Yeah, I didn't know it until recently. Uh, as my as my uh, uh, ignorance, that's on me, y'all. My bad. Wow. Yeah, but I I uh, I planted some today. I'm gonna try to see this. It's pretty tough fruit to grow too. You can't just stick it in the ground and forget it. You really have to work at it. You really have to work at it, yeah. Uh, so uh I uh, I'm gonna be curious to see how it uh how it come out. Uh thing is it take uh, like seventy to eighty days of hot weather to uh 70 to 80 days of uh, hot weather to uh, to go through the whole uh, growing cycle there. So I'm just going to watch it and see, see how, how it uh, how it do. So I ain't got time for time, y'all, because I'm locked in the house. <laughs> I'm locked in the house trying to uh, see how this thing's going to play out. So. I got the little uh the little rounds round watermelons. I want to get two or three different types to uh to see uh if they would uh how they would do. So we'll see how that's gonna work. We'll see how that uh, is gonna work. I I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing. Now, this is the first year that I've ever got involved with a uh, home garden. Now, my brothers and sisters, they they have gardens or had gardens. My two older brothers, the one that just passed, God rest his soul, uh, used to have a beautiful garden every year. I mean, they used to have a beautiful garden up up in it. And... uh, well, this is my first uh, venture into gardening. Hey, it might become a necessity, y'all. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. The next thing you know, that's going to have a couple of pigs in the back fattening them up for the, the kill. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at this article here where uh, some of the uh, folks who raise uh, 66000 plus yeah, uh, 1.1 million cases. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is crazy. More than 66,000. It's going to be over 70,000 deaths by the same next week. Uh, we have 75. Oh, by August. Oh, it's going to be over 100,000. This is a tragedy. Uh, this is a great, great tragedy. Uh, this thing is serious, serious. This is a national tragedy. Hey, y'all, we're going to... for the call. See y'all. We'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me. Hush, we driving this train. All right. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey y'all, welcome. Welcome back to the National Black Forum. Hey, uh, it's Saturday, May 2nd, y'all. This year is moving right along, y'all. And boy, I tell you what, I just hope we can get through it, y'all. I mean, it's taking a toll on, uh, on, uh, the people of the country, y'all. It's taking a toll. That's what this character is talking about. He's some kind of senior advisor. If the virus were to uh, just go away at a relatively quick amount of time, then a lot of states could uh, safely follow the guidelines and march through the faces, and then the economy would turn back on a lot earlier, well, in which case it could be that the amount of stimulus we put in right now is enough. You know, my, my guess is looking at the burn rates that there might well be a phase four deal necessary. Uh, this is definitely taking longer than many people thought. And uh, the phase four deal would, of course, have to address the problems with states because uh, since we've turned the economy off, we've turned you know, a lot of incomes off. You mentioned uh, the EPI study, which I think is pretty uh, you know, well done about how many unemployed there might be out there. So that means that those folks aren't necessarily paying taxes. And so there's a massive crater. And what the president has said is that they're not going 30 million job loss since the pandemic rise. Wow, 30 million jobs. A lot of those jobs are not coming back, yo. The husband might be farmer for real, yo. Uh, yesterday, and he said the U.S. is uh, 
actually very similar to what you said. He said that we may be headed for Depression-era levels of unemployment. Lindsey Graham uh, has come out vehemently against uh, hmm. any further extension of unemployment benefits. Uh, I want to ask you about that. At what point, you know, we've sort of done an emergency thing right now, right? A few months of extra benefits, uh, the, the federal government padding what the states can do. Uh, how do you think about this? Because it doesn't seem like this emergency will be over uh, in a couple of months. We may have reopened, but we may end up having a good deal of structural unemployment that takes years to absorb. Right. Well, well, the, the thing is that we've already passed a massive amount of stimulus, and the, and the Fed has stepped in big time as well with the main street lending and other programs. And so I think that what we've done is we bought ourselves time. And, and the good news is that the scientists out there have been using the time well. You saw that remdesivir now is approved uh, for treatments, and, and you know, we're learning more and more about how to use ventilators wisely and so on. And so we're getting better at it gradually over time. We're using the time well. And so I, you know, I think that the question is, do we buy enough time? And that's something that we just have to wait and see. I think it's possible that we didn't, and we're going to have to go back uh, to the well again, or it's possible that we did. And I think that, that depending on the way the, the disease develops and the economy develops, uh, I think it'll be pretty clear to everybody uh, whether we need to do it or not. And, and if you look, uh, again, I think one of the untold stories uh, about this episode has been that, you know, Congress acted you know, in this very, very divided time in a bipartisan way really, really quickly uh, to get the stimulus out there to help Americans through this difficult time. And I have every good I would that they can do that again. You know, I, I, again, I, we, we tend to focus so much on the negative, but, but I, I think about it that, you know, things are passing with the unanimous consent and so on that are really big, major bills because everybody loves this country and they're trying to do the best to, to help it turn around. We did something interesting. Uh, you know, the federal government added to unemployment uh, payments that the states make. We had the rebate check. But there was an interesting thing, and it was the airline deal, the, the, the money that went directly to the airline, sort of a big version of the PPP. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, let's cut it off and get back to the program. Yeah, I didn't get caught up in the, in the, <laughs> the news cycle. Uh, but GDP, U.S. GDP fell by an estimated 4.8% during the first quarter. It's, it probably was more than that because that's always a lagging type thing there. The next month, when they, next quarter, when they go back and look at the first quarter, they're probably going to revise that thing up to about 6, 6%. Kevin Hassett, senior advisor to the president, one of the few people that I've heard come on TV that seem like to be uh, pretty level-headed here. They probably should get him out more often. Yeah, because uh, as long as they trying out folks like Jared Kushner, we're in trouble. This guy, Kevin Hassett, Seems to be pretty level headed. Sort of GDP over the course of the year, and you know, the numbers are really uh, somber, really, in the first and second quarter, but then they, they expect a relatively quick snapback. I, you know, I hope that that happens. And if it does, it'll be because of programs like this. Let me ask you about uh, state and local taxes, the exemption that was done away with for most people in the uh, in the tax bill. Uh, there's been some discussion about uh, exempting that or, or uh, returning to. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Ali Velchi has gotten a real serious uh, senior advisor to the president. Uh, got him going through the paces, y'all. Seemed to be a pretty sharp dude, Kevin Hassett. I have to keep an eye on him because he's the first advisor to this president that I uh, kind of see as uh, somebody with some uh, clear thinking.
Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope you all do as well, because uh, we've got to get this federal government mobilized. The country has got to get better mobilized, y'all. And the only way you can do it is around one central uh, uh, focal point, and that is the federal government. The president of the United States has got to be the uh, focal point of uh, the uh, massive uh, undertaking that uh, that's required at this time. It's got to be the president, yeah. It can't be anybody else in government but the president. Right now, we don't have a president uh, who's up to the challenge. I ain't got nothing against this guy. Uh, we just uh, need someone who can mobilize the country. And this guy is, is, is too hell bent on mobilizing 30% of uh, the country. It's not a leader, y'all. Uh, that we need, it's not the leader that we need. Oh no, hell no. He's seen uh, uh, thugs uh, marching on the state capitol of Michigan up there carrying machine guns, and he's talking about those are good people. Come on, that's crazy. That is that is cra- that should be a non-starter for the president. That's got to be a non-starter for the president of the United States, yeah. Anybody who thinks differently is crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, that's got to be a non-starter. If I'm the governor of Michigan, I'm calling out the National Guard to protect the Capitol. You know, I'm going to have the National Guard with tanks aligned up around uh, the state Capitol. You know. I'm keeping people out of there with guns threatening uh uh, the legislature. I'm, I'm having a state. Uh, uh, I'm calling out the National Guard. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now I don't know what the laws are there in Michigan, but uh, nobody has a right to uh, uh, to bring machine guns <laughs> into a uh, a state building in a threatening manner. Second Amendment don't give them that right. Pandemic experts predict that this thing, there's a possibility this thing is going to be with us for the next two years, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think we have it very well under control. But did they? The president's focus was not on this coronavirus. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. CNN's Jake Tapper investigates what really happened. The pandemic and the president. Tomorrow at 10. 
John, you know, you write that this virus will likely keep spreading for 18 months to two years. And the forecast that, that you both put in there was until 60 to 70 percent of the population worldwide has it, which I know Mark has said earlier on this program is sort of how he defines herd immunity. You warn, though, that this could include a second big wave of coronavirus infections in the fall and winter. So the question to you, John, when we look at these numbers is, is, could that wave be bigger than what we are seeing right now? It could be. Uh, You know, what we've seen so far has been controlled and and lessened significantly by the actions we've taken. Uh, If those actions are released and people stop paying attention to social distancing, Yeah, I uh now that's why it's so important, you know, to be uh prepared to vote come November third so that we can get uh some leadership in that federal government that will uh marshal, if you will, uh the country into uh action, you know. We have got to come up with a marshal plan to uh Yeah. Uh, we uh, look like we uh, it's fun to uh, sell in for a long heat wave across the south here, yeah. I, well, that's what, that's what the weatherman is predicting. Yeah. I don't know how I got on the weather, but, uh, oh, we just, <laughs> we're talking about oh my garden. I was kind of uh, talking about the watermelons. When you grow watermelons, you need about 70 days of 70-plus degree weather. And that makes sense if they're uh, indigenous to uh, Africa. Uh, they're uh, sub-Sahara Africa, and you've got that uh, hot weather that's uh, that's needed to uh, to uh, uh, get the best outcome of. Uh, Growing watermelons, and uh, you know they got some. I, I started to buy some of those seeds. There. You got some watermelons out there that get up to two hundred pounds. Uh, that's a lot of watermelons. Well, you know, ninety percent of watermelons is just that water. Hence the name watermelon. It's ninety percent water, y'all. Uh, An earthquake struck Puerto Rico Saturday morning, damaging this historic museum in Ponce. Concrete and chunks of building... That place, Puerto Rico, y'all, excuse me. The 5.5 magnitude quake struck along the southern coast at around... 5.5 magnitude earthquake, Puerto Rico, hit again. They haven't 
Trump ain't paid those, ain't got that money to those people down there yet from that last big storm that came through there, y'all. I'm sorry. Just send our prayers out to the good people of Puerto Rico, y'all. Yeah, because they, they are catching over hell down there. I love that little island just to visit. Uh, it's a great spot. A lot of history. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but I just feel for him too, because goodness, every time you turn around, why, are we, why, why, why this? Why are we still talking about Joe Biden? Why is this more than a two-day story? Anybody see uh, uh, that clip on uh, the documentary on Michael Jordan and uh, the Chicago Bulls 
I, I didn't see the whole thing, but the little uh, 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 the little uh, cutouts that I did to see was it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, they had a cast of characters on that team. Uh, you could imagine anywhere you got <laughs> uh, Dennis Rodman, <laughs> you're gonna have some. Uh, there's going to be some excitement, yeah. If you got Dennis in the mix, heck of a basketball player now. Oh, oh yeah, uh, heck of a basketball player, yeah, Dennis Rodman. But uh, yeah, just uh. uh Some someone that uh, can you hear me? Someone that uh, marches to his own drum. Yeah, that's Dennis. Uh, heck of a heck of a ball player. But like I said, uh, that Chicago Bull squad <laughs> was had a cast of characters along with uh, Michael Jordan, perhaps the greatest. Whatever, Scotty Pippen. I had some great players on that team. Now, it wasn't just Mark and Michael. They had some heck of a players on that team. Like I said, anytime you got uh, you got Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, and you got some players. <laughs> you got some players around Michael. Michael wasn't there by himself. Uh, he had some players. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like the little part where Michael had to go to Vegas and drag Dennis out of the hotel room in a, uh, about a four or five day drunk <laughs> with Carmen Electra in the Bedroom, butt naked, hiding under the bed. <laughs> uh, Dennis. Dennis was a character. Dennis, you got to get back to work, buddy. It's a Miller basketball season here. We're in the we try to run down a championship idea in Vegas with Carmen Electra partying. You got to get back to work, buddy. Let's go. Get your clothes on. Leave her here naked under the bed if you want, but you got to go. <laughs> oh, boy. What a character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just need some time off, Coach. I need 48 hours of rest and relaxation. I'm going to Vegas. I'll be back. Five days later, they still ain't no dinner. They got to dispatch Michael Jordan himself to go to Vegas. 
to uh, drag Dennis out of a hotel room out of a drunken stupor. <laughs> Get him back there and try to run it out of Dennis was a hell of an athlete, though, y'all. Asa Dennis came back there, and after a few laps, he was lapping uh, the field. Yeah, Dennis is a hell of an athlete now. You couldn't be no athlete uh, uh, and do the things that he done on that basketball court. Uh, in terms of rebounding, Dennis got 20 rebounds straight a game without scoring a point over seven over a seven-game span. He averaged 20 rebounds a night. <laughs> it was only six, 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 seven. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shoot, you had to be a heck of an athlete to do things Dennis did. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Dennis was no joke. But, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. So, I don't know, yeah. We, uh, next week, come back. Join us. Monday is the first. Uh, June first is on a Monday. Okay. June first is on a Monday, so we uh, how are we doing here? We're right under two hours. This thing is recording pretty good. I didn't think it uh, would uh, record more than to a twenty-minute segment, but it looked like they've uh, repaired the. Uh, Podcasting part of this thing, I kind of like that. I've got this road uh, uh, podcast machine, you know. It's really neat. Uh, one of the best devices I've ever uh, I've ever bought uh, during my uh, blog. Uh, you can't beat it. If you don't have one, I recommend it highly, y'all. Yeah. It's a roadcaster, they call it. Uh, it's a little device to take the place of a number of uh, uh, instruments. Uh, you put on a blog. This is it right here. Yeah, you can plug up to four people, four different microphones into it and uh, all kinds of little uh, neat uh, gadgets uh, yeah you think you was a pro <coughs> that's why you know pro at this but uh, if you're going to set up your own program this is the ideal uh, hookup for it um,
Yeah, I uh Trying to get through uh, this thing safe and sound, y'all, so I can get up to Ohio to uh, pay final respects to my brother, y'all. Hopefully that'll occur sometime within the next couple of months. This thing will allow for us to travel uh, to get up there. Uh, I'm still kind of devastated by not being able to uh, to get up there. But mm-hmm. hmm. uh, this too shall pass, as they say. It's just a matter of time, y'all, before this thing blow over. But I mean, the damage that uh, the damage that it's leaving uh, on our society is. This is, is, you know, once in a lifetime type stuff. Not even that. Maybe once in two or three lifetimes. Uh, this thing has the potential of being that devastating. I uh, have never seen anything close to it, but they tell me that uh, the Spanish flu the Spanish flu of uh, 1918 killed some over 100 million people worldwide. Yeah, that thing actually started here in this country. And our uh, service people took it to Europe, and it devastated Europe. I mean, some of these viruses uh, can spread like wildfire. You know, the Europeans they uh, brought viruses and diseases with them when they came out to uh, North America. Kills off half the uh, Native uh, Americans. Yeah, the Native Americans, when they came in contact with the Europeans, uh, uh, a large percentage, uh, percentage of them died Uh, from the diseases that uh, the, the Europeans exposed them to. The Indians, the Native Americans, was not uh, 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 immune to uh, some of the European diseases. And, uh, you know, the Europeans have been through that bubonic plague and all that, the Black Plague, as they call it, and uh, had all kinds of different uh, diseases that they brought. That it was, uh, you know, pretty well at the antibodies uh, to fight off these things that they had been through for two or three hundred years over there in Europe. And uh, they brought a lot of that stuff with them when it came to this continent. No doubt it probably affected the, the Africans that they brought over here too <laughs> in, such, in that way. But uh, yeah, some of these viruses can spread like wildfire through a uh, community, especially one that's not been exposed to it before. Uh, good job, love you, fellas. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Uh, so, well, this thing here is as serious as that. I'm trying to get a uh, idea of watch. Oh, here we go. Maybe, maybe we can see it here. Hold on, blue angel. Okay, we got one out there. Let's turn Hey, uh, uh, it's just about uh, that time here to bring this thing to a close, y'all. Kinda, this is such a crazy time in the country, y'all. We can just get uh, uh, overcome with the uh, uh, tragedy of it. Uh, so we have to watch yourself. Uh, don't get too uh, down about this thing. Uh, we'll get through this, but uh, just uh, be careful. Uh, keep up with the social distances until they uh, come up with some kind of medication for it, yeah. Because right now they don't have anything that uh, they're giving to the general public anyway. So, yeah, for next week, Uh, y'all be good and be safe. Uh, you got me, Hushman, signing out, uh, signing off, brother. And we'll see you next week. Uh, bye bye. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.